This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Amy who is bravely joining me from Australia at two in the morning. <laughs> Thank you. You look great for two in the morning. I was like expected. I'm, that's, that's wonderful. I didn't even consider the, the time change. That's so awesome. So welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm really good. Good to, good to be with you today. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your story and let us know where, where it all started with you. Okay, well, I um, think that I wasn't really a problem drinker from early on. I think I had a fairly, well, what society here terms as normal relationship with alcohol for quite a few years. So would have started at 15, drank, you know, binge drinking on the weekends, not unusual to be too hungover to go to work, but that's all sort of par for the course when you're 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to, so I was originally from New Zealand and then I moved to Australia after I finished university and kind of got a little socially excited when I moved to Australia. Um, you know, moving away from my family for the first time, Australia is a really uh, an even more hardcore drinking culture than New Zealand was. There's a you know a pub on every corner, and um, I was visiting them all, <laughs> but never never to a point where I really felt like anything was super problematic. Again, it was all you know drinking with friends. Everyone was doing the same thing. We were out partying all the time, and it and it was fine. Um, then I met my husband, and I think he kind of. Um, became my really hardcore drinking buddy and he's uh, he kind of taught me how to drink at a, a bit of a new level I was keeping up with keeping up with the husband or the boyfriend at the time yeah um, drinking earlier in the day than you know I might normally have and um, drinking for longer periods of time, I guess. Uh, he, he's quite a fan of day drinking and watching sports and spending the afternoon watching the races. And um, But still, like, even then, you know, we were having a good time together and everything was fine and, and we had a lot of great, wonderful times and I would never have considered then to anything to be pro- too problematic. I think things really shifted a little bit um, after the birth of my daughter, who's, who's five. Um, that period of uh, abstinence, I guess, when I was pregnant was felt long, <laughs> yeah. um, especially because at the time, all I knew to, you know, replace alcohol with was soda water, which was just infuriating to me. Um, 
So I would say like not long after she was born, I would be going out, having that time away from my family and just chugging, drinking as much as I could, as, as quickly as I could. Um, the first couple of her years of her life were a little bit of a, a stressful period for us. My husband was um, unemployed over that time um, for, for quite a, a period, and that was a, a big period of stress. And I think things slowly crept in, crept in, got worse, got worse, uh, blackouts, me going away for work and, you know, disappearing off the face of the earth, him not knowing where I was or um, what I was doing. I've ended up in hospital a few times with, you know, I've broken an arm, I've, you know, cut my knee open, internal stitches, too many emergency trips. Um, so that was causing a lot of tension with us as well, I think. And that was a bit of a self-perpetuating cycle. Uh, so I was drinking to relieve stress, but I was also drinking to, um, I guess, re uh, relieve myself of some of the pressure that he was putting on me to drink less, even, and then it was making it worse. Yeah, <laughs> so then it was causing more stress uh, in its own right. That cycle is so, so typical. I mean, we... I definitely relate to that in my own journey. And I've heard so many stories of it's when we start to question our drinking that often it gets worse before it gets better because we don't understand like, why is this hard? Why can't I just stop? Why is this? And then we start to get really scared. Like, oh my gosh, is this a problem? And that causes a lot of stress. And those, those questions like, you know, is this a problem? Am I an alcoholic? What's wrong with me? All those questions create enormous amounts of stress. And then of course, what do we do for stress? We drink. So it, it becomes this really nasty cycle almost. Um, yeah. It almost begins with the point of like, hey, I'm going to do something about this. And without yeah. the right the right tools or education, it can, it can really spiral. Yes. So after um, a couple of big incidences, uh, I've been through a local drug uh, and alcohol rehabilitation program. I've been through there, there twice now and they... Um, they sort of aim to get you moderating and just considering your relationship with alcohol and to be honest both times I went through so they would have been spaced a year apart um, I was probably lying through my teeth both times I went through that program about you know what my how I was feeling about my relationship with alcohol and um, I think I was overselling the amount that I thought that I had control of it and that I wanted to have control of it um, it's funny, like one, one of the counsellors did actually recommend that I listen to your podcast at that time. And I went and I listened to that introductory podcast where you talk your story about, um, being at the airport and, uh, I could relate to, you know, working and traveling and drinking. And, but then you just talked about living a life without alcohol. And I was like, ha, lols, <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. That's not this lady's crazy yeah. <laughs> and that was that was that and I went back to just trying to moderate and of course after every period of trying to moderate it just everything creeps back in and gets incrementally worse um, and then of course last year we went into to lockdown 
uh, I didn't cope very well with going into lockdown. I, I went on some uh, anti-anxiety medication to help cope with lockdown. Um, and when I was drinking, I wasn't supposed to drink on the anti-anxiety medication, but that didn't stop me. And when I was doing that, it was taking a much smaller amount of alcohol to get me, I was just disappearing off into a black hole, like very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I could, I was a drinker, like I could drink a lot. And it was all of a sudden just blackouts, blackouts, blackouts constantly. And um I had a random text message at that time uh, from an old high school girlfriend who said, oh, I just um, wanted to have a chat. I've, I've gone sober recently and I just wanted to chat about some of the things that happened when we were, were younger. I want to apologise for a few things. So I was like, okay, that's cool. That's strange, but cool. And so we had a Zoom and and she explained to me where she was in, in her sober journey and she'd been through your program and she was just having periods of reflection as I've learned that we all do uh, and and wanted to, you know, just appease the past, which, I mean, I had no idea that she felt that way. And she explained to me how um, her attitudes towards drinking had changed so completely by going through the alcohol experiment she's uh, so I had said you know I'm having a lot of trouble I'm having I'm kind of over it I'm pretty sick of myself and everyone else is sick of me but I don't really know how to change that and she said well you know you can have your life as you like it now like I love going out I go out a lot still I love going out for dinner I enjoy socializing so much she said you can still do that and you can enjoy that and you can actually do that and enjoy that so much more without alcohol. You don't even know how good your life can be without alcohol. And I was like, this sounds too good to be true. This is ridiculous. This is insane. Um, but she sold me on it. So I have, you know, I've still got my little post-it note with the Annie Grace program written on it and a few support groups. And um, I'd looked at it and I thought, okay, right, I'll start um, next week. And then I went out for uh, first lunch, a lunch after our lockdown ended. It was my first lunch back out with the girls and it was a long lunch and it ended in a blackout by five o'clock and me doing very, uh, just handling my child poorly and being an irresponsible parent and a terrible host to friends that we had over and I woke up in the morning alone in bed and had no idea where anyone was or what had happened. And I was just like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's that then. No, no more now. <laughs> and so then I started the, the program straight away. Um, and my friend was right. <laughs> what I learned in that program has just, it's like, I can only really describe it as a flip switch being flipped and yeah, I've not really looked back and it's just incredible. That's so awesome. And so you did the free alcohol experiment, alcoholexperiment.com. Yeah, I did. That's so cool. We now have, um, I was just looking at this because I, I got invited to be on um, a big talk show over here called Red Table Talk. And 
and I was looking at the numbers and we've now 250,000 people, quarter of a million have gone through it. Just so That's cool. amazing. Yeah, it's really exciting. That's so good. Yeah. So that was, that was, so that was nearly a year ago. I'm 17 days off my one year. Yay. Congratulations. That's so yeah. wonderful, Amy. It's so exciting. <laughs> so was it hard at first, like when the first few days or, I mean, talk us through a bit. Well, the first, the first few days, I was just so mortified about that evening, that, yeah, that evening, um, that it, it wasn't, I felt quite, quite determined. And I think the early stages of that program really do make you really think about a lot of what you do. It just, you take a deep dive really quickly. And a lot of the lessons that I learned in that first week have set me up for life um so it I, I wouldn't say it was it was hard but I really immersed myself in in this space so I uh, joined a lot of Facebook support groups listened to a lot of podcasts your podcast um and I just really took a deep dive I've, I've read a lot of uh, books um that I feel like have just supported that journey so well. Everything complements itself, and everything's telling you essentially the same thing that um, your life can be so much better without this. <laughs> and I think as as the, the thirty days went on, my confidence grew, and it just really cemented the messages for me. Mm-hmm. And and when I when I came out of that thirty days, I um, kept involved. I became a mentor and. Um, was quite glad to be able to communicate with people who were just starting their journeys and helping them along. Um, and I also became a mentor when you did one of the live alcohol experiments. And that was a, a great um, experience to be able to connect with the group of girls here in Australia and support them uh, through that. And all, just all of those things along the way just really helped, helped me. That is so cool. That's just great. So, um, so you went from just thinking like, there's no possible way that this is going to be, you know, okay, that I'm going to be happy, decent, you know, it's just not even a possibility to sort of, where are you at now? Oh, I would, I'm more, so much more confident in my, every facet of my life, like so much more confident. I'm self-assured. I am, I have clarity. I have focus. I'm uh, more social, I think now, and I can cope better in social situations because I'm not hiding behind anything. I'm there and it's me. It's not bad, Amy. yeah, and it's just something I've become really, really passionate about. That's so great. So um, what, have there been any, how has it been socially? I mean, are you still quite locked down in Australia or are things going back to normal? Yeah, we're very, very much returned to pretty much a normal life here, which is, which is good. I haven't been... Um, so I've been out a lot with a small group of friends. I haven't really been in a big party situation yet I don't know how I would go with that um that might be a that'll be a challenge but I do have my 40th coming up soon so I can challenge myself with that (laughs) at my own party nice that'll be perfect yeah 
So yeah, it, 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 it's actually, so social situations I've found um, good. I do tend to want to stay at places longer if I have something good to drink. I find if I'm going out to a bar, um, if I have to sit and drink soda water, I'm not going to want to stay there for the whole night. I'm not going to want to stay there and drink, you know, four litres of soda water. Yeah. Um, so I have found, I did start exploring quite early on non-alcoholic drink options and that's been a massive help. I now consider them to be like my suit of armour. If I can turn up and uh, enjoy a bottle of wine with everyone else, that makes a massive difference for me. And what what sort of kicked that off? Did you just, did you get introduced by someone or...? Yeah, so I have a, one of my good girlfriends here actually has a, a, a company. Um, they make a, a bottled gin and tonic and a bottled Paloma. And um, so I already knew that she was making them. I thought she was crazy because I was like, what? Alcohol free drinks? That's nuts. You're crazy. And then she was like, here you go, you try this. And so, and then I did. And it was like, oh, this is great. This is so much better than drinking soda water. And that was my yeah, just initial introduction. And from there, I sort of started exploring and realizing how many options there are. There's so many options. And I started buying things and trying them and realizing what was good and what was bad and keeping a little log of everything in my phone so I didn't accidentally buy the wrong thing again. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's sort of just developed along uh, over the past sort of six months into really a full-blown adventure, life adventure for me now. <laughs> um, I've started professionally, well, not professionally, because I'm still doing it for fun, reviewing, reviewing drinks. I've created, I started with an Instagram account where I was reviewing, reviewing wine and beers and non-alcoholic spirits. And that since then I've set up a, a website. Um, so all my reviews are housed in, in one spot because it it's nice for people to be able to compare reds with reds and whites with whites and see what's what. And I've also sort of started a bit of an advocacy platform um, because it can be really difficult to find non-alcoholic options when you're out and about. And that's what um, I'm finding increasingly, or have found increasingly frustrating is more often than not you are going somewhere that really only does have soft drinks and juices if you're not drinking alcohol yeah yeah for sure <laughs> which which doesn't help like for for someone who's early early on in their sobriety and they're um they're struggling if they were in a high pressure social situation and the only option there was you know coke they might be tempted to slip and and I'll just, I'll just have one little glass of wine. Like that could that could really upset the apple cart. Mm -hmm. um, so I've sort of created a platform where people can go to get tips on how to ask for non-alcoholic options in hospitality. I think we need to drive the change as the, the, the consumer. It's, it's such a new space. It's a very exciting space that's growing so quickly. And um, hospitality is just, hasn't quite caught up yet so we need to be able to ask for it but people are often too scared to ask for something that's not on the menu um, or ask for something that's not in front of them um, but if they do they might be surprised so I've um, 
through tri my tri own trial and error, I've discovered a, the, there's good ways and bad ways of asking. So I've put all those tips and tricks up on my website. And I've also created a, a venue list of places here in Australia that are selling non-alc or allow you to bring your own um, that people can actually submit into. So that's just growing really by the day. Um, and I've also paired with another um, woman doing the similar things to me uh, up in Brisbane, and we are, we have a petition to collect data essentially on the numbers and showing that there is the demand that we will package up with some other stuff for hospitality and um, take it to a, yeah do a really broad approach across hospitality venues across Australia, just to show that the demand is there and people really. Um, are increasingly seeking out these options. That is so cool. So um, when you're doing this, I mean, I like how you talk about it. Well, first of all, what is your website? Uh, it's called Dry But Wet. Dry But Wet. Okay, awesome. And then when you're doing this and you're going out and trying to like advocate for yourself and advocate for others, mm. I like how you say, you know, being the squeaky wheel and kind of giving people permission to be the squeaky wheel. Can you sort of describe what that that is and how people can do it? Yeah, well, I think, so my approach is often, um, I'll, I plan ahead every time I'm going to a, a venue. Like if I booked, I'll, I'll contact them two weeks in advance and say, look, I'm coming for lunch. I don't drink alcohol. What are your options? And, and you know, I get the response back, Coke, mineral water. Would it be okay if I bring a bottle of non-alcoholic wine? I'm quite happy to pay corkage. And um, sometimes you get a firm no, and sometimes you get a yes, and sometimes it opens up a whole conversation about non-alcoholic options. And from many of those conversations, I've actually helped uh, bars find good offerings and expand their range quite quite a lot. So. Um, it's just about being able to, however you really are comfortable, just just ask for what you want. Yeah. Um, mm. Because if you don't ask, they, they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've actually spoken to some people who own bars and venues and different sorts of things, and they are very much like, respond to what people ask for and they're seeing it more and more so they're really open because chances are by now they've sort of heard like well this is kind of a thing or they've read something mm -hmm. somewhere and they're feeling a little bit uneasy I know a lot of people are feeling uneasy because if you take a typical restaurant most of their profit comes from alcohol because it's just mm -hmm. able to be marked up so much more and so there is sort of fear so it's there's never sort of been a better time to advocate for choices because they're you're doing them a favor and I think that's really how you have to frame it is that yeah this whole thing you know is going to happen like it's it's only gaining it's momentum people mm -hmm. are you know there's more and more options all the time almost every single one of the big alcohol companies have have created you know they see that's the right version the they're creating non-alcoholic versions and so to do your local a favor by talking to them about what you want and be an advocate for other people. I just think it's just awesome. I love that you've kind of taken that mantle and that now are teaching other people how to do it. So yeah, it, I mean, it gives me so much joy and it fires me up and um, yeah, I, I love it. 
and and I love getting feedback from people and people do get so excited when they find non-alcoholic options or when they have success and they can take their bottle of wine it's it really gives you such a kick yeah I, I took my daughter out for Japanese last night to our favorite little place and I've been asking them for months to get non-alcoholic beer and I didn't bother asking last night if they got it I just thought oh well I'll just have to have water and we walked in and they had Asahi Zero in the fridge and I'd like nearly jumped up and down I was so excited oh that's so awesome <laughs> yeah it's just so nice to, you know I love just having a beer with Japanese food and I always did whenever we went there for lunch and so it's just nice to have that as an option yeah that is so cool that is so cool yeah. Um, I, I should say, because it's not my experience, but I have had people have the experience of being sort of triggered to drink mm -hmm. by non-alcoholic. Um, yes. has that, I, I, I know it's not your experience, but <laughs> what, no. what would you say to people who feel like, oh, well, I'm afraid if I had a non-alcoholic or I, I tasted something that tasted similar um, we actually just had our first, uh, one of this naked mind coaches actually, and her husband opened the first ever alcohol-free bar in Colorado, in Denver, mm -hmm. and it's called awake. And some friends of friends of friends who are in, um, AA went to it and said the whole thing was super triggering. And I was, I was really curious. I was like, okay, well, what, what was triggering or do you just not ever go to bars and they're like, no, we were triggered. So we left and went to a bar and had dinner, like an alcoholic bar because, and how they explained it was that the, it was the non-alcoholic spirits, the taste of it was triggering. So they're never gonna order an alcoholic cosmopolitan, but they might order their favorite drink when they were drinking in a non-alcoholic version. And because the taste can be so similar, that mm -hmm. was the trigger. And yeah. so they didn't actually, the awake bar didn't actually have, like, usually they just go and order like ice tea or, or <laughs> yeah. something. And yeah. so they didn't have those versions. All of the drinks they had were really well thought through and they were all, you know, mocktails or replicas, but they were, you know, she's imported stuff from everywhere. And it's just this mm -hmm. amazing collection. And I was really surprised by this. I was like, oh, wow wow, you were triggered by non-alcoholic drinks, but you can go into a normal bar and not be triggered because you're ordering something that's like a soda water or an iced tea. Yeah, it's, um, the, it's disconnected, isn't it? Yeah, disconnected. Yeah. Great word so I, I do actually put a trigger warning on all of my reviews now. I didn't start out with that, but I have become aware of the fact that it can be triggering for people. So I do put a trigger warning. You know, this product does replicate um, its alcoholic version and that that can be triggering so approach with caution if you think that might be a problem for you um because that. yeah it, it could be a slippery slope for people which is you know dangerous <laughs> yeah for sure and and that's the thing is like you really like I think we are best served by knowing what works for us knowing what we can't mess with knowing what mm. we want to experiment with and also just, you know, never judging someone else for what works for them. I mean, Absolutely. I've had, I mean, literally done hundreds of these interviews, these podcast interviews so far. And I've had people from literally saying that it was the fact that they had a non-alcoholic version that got them through. 
Yeah. And they actually owe some of their freedom from alcohol to the fact that there was such great non-alcoholic versions. I've yeah. had other people say, no way I would never, never drink that ever. Um, mm -hmm. I just actually, I was showing you this earlier, but uh, a company just sent me, this is a company out of Boulder, Colorado, and they sent me this, it's called Hop Tea, and they have something called Hop Lark. And it's really smart, I think. It's just sparkling water, but it has the flavor of, this one is chamomile and hops. And then there's like a citrus one. There's a bunch of different ones. And it just, but it does taste, I would say it doesn't taste like a beer, but it has that reminiscent sort of, it's a very slow drinking thing, very robust mm. taste. I was really impressed. I was like, wow, it's a sparkling water. And it actually, you know, sparkling waters generally don't have a lot of flavor and this has a ton of flavor, but mm. equally, um, I offered one to a friend of mine who, again, she, she got sober with AIDS. She's like, no way I, I would, even if it's just sparkling water, I wouldn't want to taste hops because. It yeah. Would. Cause that's too close. Yeah. And so Interesting. I was like, hey, that's great to know. Like you really need to know, you know, and, and be careful with what's going to work for you and don't make yourself wrong for it. Also, I think we get to like judging ourselves, you know, and that's, that's not helpful, but I no. like what you've got and just put a trigger warning on different things. You're tasting them first. So you can say like, no, this just, this tastes like a, I mean, I remember when I first stopped drinking, it was over six years ago now and there was no options. Um, no, there would have been nothing. Tried, I've never tried non-alcoholic wine. Um, I've tried this. I've had, I remember my first non-alcoholic beer was at my um, cousin's wedding and they stocked it for my uncle, my great uncle, he's now passed away, but he'd been sober for 40 some years. And so he got me one because I was like, welcome to the club, you know? And I remember <laughs> drinking it and feeling really self-conscious because it was like in a beer bottle. And I was like, oh, like I just felt self-conscious. And then it gave me like gas and I like, felt all <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is so, so that was that for me for non-alcoholic beer. But then um, I, I like this, this hop sparkling water. And another friend of mine introduced me to another non-alcoholic beer that was more like a fruity beer. It wasn't mm. like, I think I had an O'Doul's or something. And I was like, oh, I had a few <laughs> sips. I was like, that tastes pretty good. But I've still not had wine. Um, not because I feel like I'd be triggered just because I just haven't been into a liquor store to proactively like seek it out. But I remember yeah. at the beginning, there was no options. So I was literally just order. And, and I was like, whatever. I was so proud of myself for not drinking that I was just fully giving into my sugar cravings. Yeah. As you have to, as you have to, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. I was just ordering Shirley temples with my kids. And that was like, my, my go-to thing was like a Shirley temple. It was really funny or a tonic, just pure tonic, which is also just pure sugar. And, sugar yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I got to doing soda water with cranberry with a little bit of lime. And I still really like that. Like that's still, well, really, that is very refreshing, very refreshing, but mm -hmm. um, it's exciting. It's exciting that there's so many options. It's exciting that this awake is now live in Denver and you know, you're doing so uh, dry, but wet. Is it.com or .co.au? Uh, .com.au. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. It's so cool. And then your Instagram, what is that? Uh, Instagram is also uh, dry underscore, but underscore wit. Perfect. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I love it yeah. so much. That's great. What a cool thing. And I, and I do mix it up a little bit. So I've got a, a blog in there as well, where I, um, it's like sobriety musings, um, 
you know, just stories, uh, thoughts about um, how far I've come and my journey and, um, yeah, just things that pop up every once in a while. I had what I, a, a few weeks ago, I had what I called a wine attack where I was um, in a situation where I was at work and uh, I work at a university and um, so it was just the middle of a work day, but they had a function on and there was a whole table full of champagne glasses. And because I wasn't expecting to see that and I wasn't in a situation where I was prepared for it, I was like, <gasps> and I had this really visceral like reaction to that and wanted to go up and get the wine and, and drink it. And I hadn't had a feeling like that in um, a long time, but it was like a, a trigger. It wasn't, a, yeah, it was the first time I'd really felt triggered. And it was like a physical um, muscle memory thing or something of going and necking champagne. <laughs> and I, you know, sat and sat on my hands and really had a good hard think about that because it was, yeah, it was such a shock. Yeah, but I was, you know, in a position where I was able to work through it. So I, I, I write things about that, those sort of situations. But I think is, um, it's good to share stories like that because people can relate to them. And um, I found that really useful when I was um, early on reading everyone's stories and relating to them because we're all in the same boat. <laughs> That's one of the things that I think is so cool about the alcohol experiment. Which again, if anybody wants to go through it, it's free, always free at alcoholexperiment.com, or you can get it now. Super exciting on the app store. So you can download it in an app form, do it on But one of the things that's that's quite cool about it is being on the journey with people who are usually no more than 30 days apart from you since it's a 30 day experiment. And then of course the mentors stay. Um, one thing that our coaches who now have gone through sort of usually multiple years and then they've gone through coach certification, it gets harder and harder to connect with how you felt in the early days. Mm, you forget so, really quickly. You forget. So the more we can write and talk about it and support each other in those early days with someone who's like, oh, you get me. Like, ah, okay. Like that's sitting on your hands with all the champagne glasses. Like that's an experience that you'll never have again, right? Because mm. you, and, and I'm such a firm believer that everything you do the first time, it just like, it's not even by half. I think it's like by 70 or 80%, it diminishes. So if you make mm. it through one trigger mindfully with curiosity, without judgment, successfully without giving in that next time, it's going to be a small fraction of the feeling you had the first time. And so you're yeah. never going to have that again. So the more you can write about it and for your own good, for your own knowledge, but for other people, I think that's really powerful. I love that. Mm. Mm. I find it beneficial. And I have found it like the further I get away from drinking, the more I'm able to reflect on how, how I was when I was drinking. Like I really didn't believe that I had a problem. Yeah. Until, until I stopped. <laughs> Like I really didn't, I didn't see it at all. I, I just thought every time I was hurt or did something stupid, it was incident, coincidence and, you know, it would have happened anyway. And I was so not wanting to blame alcohol because it was my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shit friend. <laughs> yeah. True. So it's been interesting to get so far away from it and, and see that. Yeah. Mm. So um, thanks, Annie. Thanks for an amazing program. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I'm so happy that it worked so well for you. That's wonderful. I love it. I love hearing the stories. Uh, so if you were going to go back in time, let me ask you the, the question I ask at the end of these. Um, if you were going to go back in time and talk to Amy, uh, who 
really just was like, yeah, there's no way. I mean, even the one who listened to my first podcast and then I started talking about being alcohol free and she's like, oh, nope. Turn that off. Um, what was the friend? What, what would you tell her about how life is now? Oh, life is, um, you're free. You can be free. You can be the best, most present, full version of yourself and enjoy your life more than you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so good. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. And that's, that's, that's it. So cool. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for everything that you're doing. It's just so cool. We'll put all the links in the show notes and just thank you for being here. What a fun conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Did you miss this Naked Mind Live? Do you maybe have a little bit of FOMO? But don't worry, I've got you covered. In fact, I had the entire event professionally recorded and it's available digitally. Transformation in your living room. Yep, that is what it's all about. You can grab your digital ticket at thisnakedmind.com forward slash digital ticket. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.